Want to make your own podcast? Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super easy podcast and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. No matter what your setup is like, you can totally start creating today. Then they distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads, podcast subscriptions, and it's free. No catch at all. One of my favorite things is it offers video podcasts, which no other platform does at the moment. So I recommend you give it a try. Download Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Glow Big with Stephanie. I'm your host, Stephanie, and this podcast is for all women. We want to inspire and empower you. We're going to bring you style, humor, entertainment, good intentions, big ideas, hope, and a little bit of sobriety in each and every episode. You can get all that and more at vibewithstephanie.com. But right now, grab yourself a sparkly water, put it in a pretty glass or a coffee and get comfy and enjoy the show. I heard that 64% of Americans want to drink less alcohol. That is way more than half of us. So you are not alone. And if you're here, you've probably been thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol for a while now. Maybe it used to be fun and it's just not anymore. Maybe the hangovers got too debilitating. I know that as I got older, even if I wasn't drinking as much, the hangovers were brutal and they lasted so much longer, days and days and days of brain fog and depression and anxiety and all the things. Maybe something terrible happened and now you just know that you have to quit, even though you don't exactly want to quit. Maybe you've been told that you're drinking too much or your inner voice is nudging you like mine did. My inner voice nudged me for so long and I ignored it. And I still feel guilty about that because I can remember being maybe 21 and feeling that nudge, like, please stop drowning me in wine. Please stop. And I just couldn't or wasn't ready or I just couldn't at the time. So whatever your reason is for being here, for taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I'm happy that you're here. And hopefully this will open your eyes a little bit. So we're going to talk today about the most common beliefs that keep us stuck. So if more than half of us want to quit, but we keep drinking, let's find out why. Before we start, what is addiction? So the technical definition for addiction is a strong inclination to do, use, or indulge in something repeatedly. Is that how you feel currently about your drink of choice? That's how I felt about wine. It was a strong inclination and I did it repeatedly. And even when I didn't feel like drinking anymore, I drank. I drank to feel better, which we know now that you only feel better for 20 minutes and then you're back to depressive state and brain fog. It doesn't sound so scary when they make it sound like it's just a strong inclination, but I know the dark side. What's dark to some may not be dark to others, but for me, there was so much darkness and shame around my alcoholism that people didn't see. Of course they didn't see it. 
I'm bubbly and fun and putting my best face forward always. But how I felt inside was so gross and shameful. And I always felt like I was hiding something. Some of these beliefs are probably going to resonate with you. And I would love for you to comment and let me know which ones stand out to you. Here we go. The first one is you're not sure if what you're doing is that bad. So if you're not drinking in the morning, you might be like, oh, I don't drink in the morning. So I'm not that bad yet. And that was me for a long time. I was like, I'm not my mom. Look, I, look, I'm, I'm still functioning. So I don't have to, I don't have a problem, but I don't want you to think that just because you're not drinking in the morning, nobody wakes up an alcoholic, you know, nobody just all of a sudden just comes out of the womb and we're boom, we're an alcoholic and we're drinking out of paper bags on the side of the road, losing our jobs and our families and our houses. It's a slow process and it will sneak up on you. So instead of labeling yourself that, oh, I'm an alcoholic, maybe just ask if alcohol is getting in the way of you living your best life. How much time are you wasting in this life thinking about alcohol? How much time are you wasting being hungover? How much money are you wasting on drinking alcohol? And what about the love moments that you might be missing? For me, because I drank and I smoked, there was a lot of intimacy not happening because I felt icky about the way I smelled with my little boy and with my husband. And even the other day we were all out to eat. Normally we would have gotten a bottle of wine, cheap, gross wine, just to keep me happy and moving. And we saw some people that knew us. And before I would have been buzzed, feeling weird and raw. The other lady doesn't drink. And I would have felt weird and I wouldn't have given her a hug and I wouldn't have been so nice to the kids. And it's just, it's just really nice to not have a wall in between me and other people now. And I'm not missing on those love moments. I don't know if that's even a thing or a word, but I thought of that the other day. I just feel like alcohol was definitely coming in between me and anybody else. There was a wall and it was getting higher and higher and thicker and thicker. So instead of labeling, that you're an alcoholic or that you're this or that, because I don't think you need to put a label on it. Just ask, is this getting in the way of my best life? Number two, are you afraid of change? This is one of the belief systems that we can be stuck in and getting sober is uncomfortable. I'm not going to say it's just butterflies and rainbows because it isn't because likely You've been kind of putting a blanket on things with your drinking and been able to numb out. And when you're not drinking, you can't numb out. And that's one of the biggest reasons we keep drinking because we're afraid of change. We're afraid of how uncomfortable it's going to be. And a lot of us can't get past the three-day mark. And that's me for sure. I could never. This time that I quit is the first and only time I've ever quit. Before this, I could not make it three days. I could not make it three days because I felt so crummy and so hungover that I had to keep going. You, you have to have a plan. You have to have a few things in place before you just go and try to quit. We have to have the courage to step outside of our comfort zones and trust ourselves and know that it's going to be a little painful, but it's going to be worth it in the end. So if change and being afraid of change is what's holding you back, just trust yourself a little bit. Trust me, come along on the journey. I think it's just time for us to open our eyes a little bit and deal with whatever we've been suppressing for so long. I'm able to actually process it and handle it much better now that I'm not drinking. So do yourself a favor and just know that it is uncomfortable and 
Just trust yourself to get through it because you will. Number three, another belief that can keep us stuck is sometimes we think that we can't quit and we quietly think that we're the only ones feeling this way. When we think that we're weak and we feel ashamed and alone, it just makes it harder to come forward or harder to quit. It just makes you want to drink more. But I promise that so many people are feeling that way. Everybody feels like they're alone. When we all have so much in common, it's crazy. So in that, that's what this drug wants you to believe is that you're by yourself. You're alone in this. Here, here's some wine. Here's the shoulder to cry on. And this belief just has so many desperate, despairing feelings around feeling like you're all by yourself in this. And it just couldn't be further from the truth. Take a look around. Slap up a hashtag sober sober mom, sober life, sober curious, sober journey. And you'll find so many sober women who are going through it from full on experience. This is all kind of new to a lot of us. This is a new movement. And I wish it were around when my mom was in full addiction, but you're not alone. We're here. People just like you. I'm a 42-year-old mom. I've got a little boy. I'm running businesses. I, I own a home. I work. But I was drinking way too much and becoming dependent and it was costing me my, my life. So you're not alone. Number four, the thought of loving something and letting it go can be really terrifying. I mean, think about the breakups and, you know, all the things that you love and bread. I'm trying to do keto and I'm letting go of bread and it's terrifying. That sucks. I don't want to live without bread. I'm actually thinking, but trying to figure out a way out of that at the moment. <laughs> so I'm like, this is hard. And when I do eat bread, because I had bread yesterday, damn, if I wasn't up two pounds today, like I know it's not pounds, it's water weight, whatever. But either way, letting go of bread, the idea of that is terrifying. When you are thinking about getting sober, you just don't know what to even do, because it's been part of your life for so long that it feels like a friend. And I can promise you it's not. All right, number five. We also fear failing. That was a big one. I remember I was talking to Christina Watts and I said, I think I'm going to help other women get sober. But what if I drink? All of this is going to come crashing down. This was like when I first quit drinking. But what if I drink? And what if I fail? I was very afraid that I would fail. But if we always thought that, we would just go nowhere. So you can't fear failure and also know that because of course, on this journey, I've been with people that I'm helping. And it's a learning experience. All you're doing is giving yourself more data, because these are things we've never done before. Likely, you've never tried to quit before. So you're not going to succeed the first time. Just go ahead and plan that it, there might be some failure the first time. And failure is such a human emotion. We fear relapsing or having people laugh and point at us at our failure, or even worse, feeling like a failure. And failing forward is better than never trying at all. And it really is just a learning experience, giving yourself more data. One, I cannot remember where I got this. I think it was a book. It was for sure a book where she said, quitting drinking is like walking through a forest. You're having to push away weeds and push away all these things to get through to make a path because your brain has never walked that path before. So a lot of weeds, a lot of things you're having to push through. But the more you do it, the clearer the path gets, the clearer your brain pathways get. So you just got to get back on the horse and do it again and do it again and do it again until you have succeeded. 
Number six, you probably have a complicated love-hate relationship with alcohol. I know that we love the buzz and we hate the consequence, but once we get out of that loop for 30 to 45 days, you will start to see what alcohol really is. It is not your friend. The romantic vision that you hold in your head about your alcohol of choice is going to start to fade away. And the freedom that you are gonna get from this decision to quit is going to be so clear and it is going to feel so good. I've never been this free. I do not have to worry about how I'm going to act. I do not have to worry about a hangover or a headache or treating someone in my family poorly or sending crazy text messages or posting something I didn't want to post or if I can drive my car or if I'm going to have wine here when I get home or the cost of brunches and all of those things. And some people struggle with moderation and that's one sign that you know it's probably time to let it go altogether. But it's just easier to stop than it is to make these rules for yourself and moderate and I'll only drink on Wednesdays and I'll only, you know, it's just freeing. So that, that's a great word to use to describe how I feel now that I'm not drinking. So your love hate, I know you think you love it for 20 minutes and the feeling that it gives you, but it's just not worth what happens after. Not to mention, what is it? Three drinks of wine per week, which I, you're probably drinking more than three glasses of wine per week, increase your chances of breast cancer by 15%. Lastly, you probably think you won't be fun anymore. And I am going to be so honest with you here. You are not going to be fun in the first 30 days. You shouldn't be fun. Don't even think about being fun. Try to hold all your fun in if possible. Stay in your house. Stay with your shoes on. You can go walking outside I don't want you to go try to be entertaining at a party, at a wedding, at anything. Like stay in, don't go to your girlfriend's house and sit on the couch and watch movies if that's what you guys do and drink wine or go sit on her back porch. It's just not, you're not going to be fun. And mainly it's because we've been drinking alcohol for so long, which fires up this dopamine in our brain. And it gives us this really good fake feeling of a drug, a high. And so our body doesn't make that on its own anymore because we give it the drug. Here you go, dopamine, dopamine coming in. So our body stopped producing it and it will never produce it at the level that wine or booze gave it to us. So when you quit, your body has to figure out how to get your dopamine back to you. And it takes a while. But can I just say how worth it the wait is? Because I didn't know this until I quit and started researching but the things that should make me happy, playing soccer with my little boy or just even watching him or doing any kind of craft or walking, gardening, nothing was making me happy. I didn't smile naturally. The only time I was lit up and having fun or looking like I was having fun is if I had a glass of wine in my hand. And that's because my body was stripped of dopamine and was only getting it when I drank. So the little things that were supposed to make me happy weren't. And when you quit drinking, you need to build up your dopamine. So, and that's going to take a while, depending on how long you've been drinking. So for me, I don't know. I want to go ahead and say 15 days, my body started treating me a little better. My brain kind of cleared out of the fog and I started smiling again, but then I still had ragey, manic-y moments, but you may not be as heavy of a drinker as I was and also so predisposed to it this may not be the same for you. Everybody's different, but it is going to take a little bit of time for your dopamine to get back. 
getting sober is not that pretty. It's not that fun or everybody would do it, but you will be fun again. You're going to get your own dopamine back. I'm funny now. I crack up perfect strangers at the store. I'm always making jokes now. My, I am back. My real self is back. I might even give somebody a hug now because I don't feel like I stink and I'm gross and I'm disgusting inside and all of these things. Will I dance on bars again? Probably not, but I'm going to be smiling genuinely and your smile will return again soon. So that's my list of the most common beliefs that we have that are keeping us stuck. One, you're not sure what you're doing is that bad because we don't drink in the mornings. Two, you're afraid of change. Three, you think you can't quit and you quietly think that you're the only one in the whole wide world that feels this way. You're the only one who's drinking too much wine. And I bet you a million dollars your friends are feeling the exact same way. I bet you a million. They might not admit it because not everybody's ready to quit, but I bet you they're all feeling the same way because more than half of Americans do feel that way. Number four, the thought of losing something that you love, that you think you love is terrifying. Five, you fear failure. Six, your relationship with alcohol is love-hate. We love the buzz, but we hate the consequences. And then seven, you don't think you're going to be fun anymore, which you totally are. Trust me on that. It'll come back. So I hope that helps and brought you some insight. And I would love, love, love to hear your feedback on these podcasts. I really have a good time making them. And I hope that you're gaining something from it too. Have a great day. Thanks for joining Glow Big today. I hope you're leaving feeling empowered and ready to take on the world. Listen, if you're feeling burnt out and a little bit depleted, you should check out my Sober Up to Glow Up course. This is a 30-day value-packed, self-paced video course where you can log in and get yourself some self-care every day. There's yoga, there's breathing techniques, there is mocktail recipes and journals and affirmations, and of course, lessons on sobriety and what it's doing to your body and what to do uh, to combat triggers and cravings. And it is just a lot of fun. It's going to benefit anybody, whether you're a big drinker or not. So go to vibewithstephanie.com slash sober up to glow up course and grab it now while it's in its beta pricing because the price is going to go up almost double really, really soon.